trying to get me started this morning but God said he would be with us through the storms of life through the storms of life God said he'll be with you when you don't have any money God said he'll be with you can I get a witness in this building this morning has God been with you this morning if God been with you this morning stand to your feet stand to your feet and give him some praise in the place God said, God said, God said, oh, God said, Woo! you better leave that music alone. <laughs> God said, he'll be with us, y'all. And, and as a people, when we look back over our history, it is nobody but God who has been with us. When we couldn't vote, when we had to sit on the back of the bus, when we had to eat at a different countertop, God, he'll be with us. Through all of the storms of life, when you don't feel good, we don't feel like saying praise the Lord, God is still yet there with us. There's nothing else I can say. But since you got up and drove here this morning, I'm going to say a few more words. But if you don't remember anything, remember what they just sang. God said. And that's enough, y'all. Truly, we thank God for what has transpired this morning. Let's give this music ministry a hand praise for all the work. And all the commitment. That's a lot of work, y'all. God bless you. God bless you. Let's stand and give him a hand praise. What a wonderful, excellent job. Seeing the young people, seeing the dancers, seeing all of this come together. It's nobody but God, y'all. Nobody but God. Nobody but God. You may be seated if you can. You know, I, I also want to always send a shout out to the decoration ministry. You know, I'm, I'm a de facto member. I'm still a member, right? God, God bless you. And, uh, and uh, I'm going to ask that the decoration ministry, if you're here, would you please stand? They're just such a wonderful job. Decoration ministry. You, when you walk into the sanctuary, to all the things that you see, you can tell that some love and some thought was put into what, had, what is displayed. Well, God bless you, decoration ministry. You know, this month, we, our theme was role models, past and present. And I'll, I'll say this to lead into this. I know that in this congregation, we have some super role models and we have some movers and shakers. But you serve humbly and gracefully here. No one would never know some of the amazing things that you are doing or have done in the past. And I believe it's my job to highlight at least one, uh, you know, particular family that I know. And there's so many more. So at this time, I'm going to ask Gene and Jim Jones to please stand. You know, 
You know, when, 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 when information arrives in your, 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 your queue and you learn something, you go, wow, this is just amazing and it has to be said because I, I believe it speaks to role models. And they are certainly great role models, but maybe you didn't know, and I want to share this with you, they participated in marches, sit-ins, and pray-ins, and were arrested for, four, arrested for four days in Baltimore while they were students at Morgan State University. You know, while they were attending Morgan State University, they couldn't go across the street to a Northwood shopping center to buy or eat anything. But now, Morgan State now owns that plaza. And it, and, and, and it houses academic classrooms, administrative buildings, and all kinds of commercial establishment. And then if I could put a pinnacle on top, this wonderful couple was awarded the honorary doctor of law degree from Morgan State University in 2015. What a role model. God bless you all. Let's stand to our feet and give them a praise for their commitment, their love, and their support. God bless you. God bless you. It's important that we recognize and remember that we are standing on the shoulders of our ancestors. And had not individuals like Jim and Jean did what they did, our experience at Starbucks would be different this morning. We might be in a different line at Chick-fil-A if our ancestors hadn't did and made that commitment for a better life for you and I. So it's important that we recognize the heroes right here, or role models right here within this sanctuary. God bless you. Now, that being said, let us turn our attention to the text that we want to be preaching to you for just a few minutes here on this morning. And we're going to be coming from 1 Timothy, uh, the fourth chapter. And we're going to start reading from the 11th verse. 1 Timothy, uh, the fourth chapter. Uh, beginning at the 11th verse. If you look there, you'll find these words. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of the scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all you may see, all that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. Somebody say, persist in this. For 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 by so doing, you will save both yourselves, yourself, and your hearers. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading and to the doing of his holy word. Let us go before the Lord in prayer on this morning. Uh, dear God, we thank you now. We thank you for this moment in time where the word needs to be delivered to your people, Lord God. I pray that this word would go forth with power and conviction, Lord God, that would touch the hearts and the minds of your people, Lord. Help each one of us to remove any distraction that hinder us from receiving your word today, Lord God. And now, God, made a meditation of our heart and our thoughts be acceptable in your sight. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. As we were meeting several weeks ago to plan out what we wanted to do for Black History Month, I thought it important to have past role models and present role models. 
And one of the things that I wanted to make sure we conveyed was about the present role models. Now granted, I know we have our great past role models that we always go to, and I'm never ever going to say anything to diminish or change that. But I wanted to make sure that as we look at this younger generation that is being involved in this church and other churches as well, and in the community, that we have a younger role model within the lineup that we were talking. And hence, you see Amanda Gorman was one of those individuals that we wanted to highlight during this month. And I believe that she sets a great example, not just for the young people, but for all of us. She has achieved much and she is still moving forward. So she sets, the, 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 she sets a great example for all of us to follow in this life. Which leads me to the subject that I want to leave with, leave with you for just a few minutes this morning, and that is perseverance setting the example. Perseverance setting the example. Uh, church, I want to tell you that today's message is not for the person that's sitting, that's sitting to your left or to your right. Today's sermon is not for the person that you think that needs to hear this message. I know, church, today's message is directly for you. Uh, I, I, I want to knock on your door. And if you allow me to walk into your office or walk into your home, I'm going to hand you this sermon. I'm going to ask you to sign off on it because you need to be able to receive this because I believe it's about setting the example in this life. Uh, we, we might as well admit it. Sometimes we, we, we think we didn't sign up to be an example. But believe me, people are watching what you and I do. And we need to be about setting that example that, that uh, uh, exemplifies Christ in our life. And that's what we're going to be talking about because as you persevere in this life, there are going to be things that challenge us. And when we try to be that example that God wants us to be. And as I was thinking about this, I think we need to realize that for those of us who are north of 60 like me, we need to realize that there is more room behind us than is ahead of us. But what we do and say impacts the generation that is coming behind us. I'm talking about perseverance and setting the example. And as I looked at these verses, it, I, 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 it occurred to me that as I was preparing this sermon that First uh, Timothy, the fourth chapter and the twelfth verse is the verse that Gen C uses as their foundation. It talks about let no one despise their youth. And so I want to tell you, I want to tell the young people that we got you here. Uh, we are all in with you when it comes to supporting what you want to do. For, for, for Gen C, your issue is our issue. For, for, the, for, for Gen C, that is the 18 to 35, and then for all of us who still want to be Gen Cers, I'm going to include you in that group as well, because the text didn't put any age bracket on what they said youth. So if you feel like you're youthful, you're still youthful. But, but for the Gen Cers, we got you. We want to be the loudspeaker for your voice. We have to be the co-pilot 
when you navigate turbulence in life. Uh, am I right about it this morning? I'm talking about setting the example for others to follow and emulate in this life. And I know that young people dress different. You might say strange. They have different hairstyles. Their words are different sometimes. I ask my children, I say, can you translate this for me? Their praise music is different. But I submit to you that has nothing to do with their salvation. Am I right about it this morning? And I may not look at it, but there was, there was a time I used to be a teenager. And I had a big old afro with, with, with the pick with the fist on it. Brenda used to braid my hair in all kinds of designs. And if God can take my youthful time and plant me here today to be a vessel to deliver God's word, he can do the same thing with Gen C this morning. Am I right about it? This may or may not go over well, but I personally do not look to Hollywood to be my example. Athletes are not the example that I want to follow after. Our, our, our favorite television personalities are not the people that we need to emulate. Am I right about it this morning? Uh, I, I can personally tell you that my greatest examples in life, and there are many, and I'm only going to give you a couple. One of the greatest examples that I had growing up was my auntie. And my auntie lived a hundred and so miles away from me. But she understood the environment that I lived in. And she made it a purpose to come and get me almost every summer to take me out of that environment and put me into a better environment. I think about my uncle who never probably went to school. And I can remember many days pulling up into his front yard, sitting on an old raggedy front porch, and he would pour wisdom into a weary youth. Those are the examples that mean a lot to us in our life. It is the people that journey with us, who take time to pour things into us, to walk us along this journey. My examples don't have a following on Talk Tick or TikTok or whatever they call it nowadays. They may not have a YouTube persona, but they take time to pour into our life and they set the examples for you and I to follow. Which leads me briefly to a few things I want to talk about with you this morning as we look at 1 Timothy here. First, a quick backdrop is this is a letter that Paul is writing to a young pastor. And he asked Timothy to probably do a couple of things, and that is guard against false doctrine or false teaching. Protect public worship and devote time to maturing leadership. Sounds like something that's relevant to the day. Am I right about it this morning? But Timothy, my research indicates that Timothy was probably between the age of 30 and 35. And that time, that was considered really, really young, especially among his contemporaries. And so that's why the author leads out, let no one despise your youth to my, to my Gen Sears. I'm all in. Let no one talk you down. Let no one distract you from the purpose that God has for you this morning. Let no one do that. Because the God that we serve is an awesome God. So if you're young, live your life. Live it to the fullness in which God has blessed you to live it. 
The author goes on a little bit further and he begins to talk about a few things that he thought was important for the readers of this letter to kind of focus on. So I'm going to ask the media team if they would put uh, verse 12 back on the screen for me. Because I want to give you a few examples and then I'll get out of your way. Uh, uh, so let's read the scripture once again. It says, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and purity. When I read this, I had to read it several times because it was puzzling to see that of all the things that are on here, love and faith, the first thing, the first thing that he talked about was speech. Oh, y'all didn't, didn't hear that. I said the first thing that he talked about that we should be setting an example is, is in speech. And I surmise and I believe that Paul understood that our mouths could get us in trouble. Am I right about it this morning? He understood the importance of trying to set an example in our speech. And I believe that's one of the reasons it's the first thing that he mentions when he's talking about setting the example. So let's talk about setting an example in our speech. As we look at this, we have to realize that words do matter. Uh, let no one kid you. What we say has an impact on the people that are hearers of this word, of our words. And so one of the things I like you to do as a takeaway from this point is to do this before you speak. There's always that time between what's in our brain and in our mouth. There's that distance, right? That's the time that we're, we're, suppo we're, well, we're supposed to be thinking about what we're going to say, right? I want you to think about that time. Now, given the heat of the battle, the time might be shorter. Oh, somebody didn't hear that. When we're in a stressful situation, that time from our brain to our mouth might be shorter. But whatever time frame that might be, I want you to consider this. Is what you're about to say, is it going to lift up? Or tear down? Is it going to unify or divide? Is it, is it selfless or selfish? What you're about to say, what is it, what's going to be the impact? What are the consequences of your words? What are the consequences of our words? Think about that. Is it going to heal or is it going to hurt? Is it going to, are the words I'm about to say, is it going to bring my marriage closer or send us to divorce court? The words really matter in our life. Speech is so important. Someone said, sticks and stone may break my bones. Words never hurt. That's just a flat out lie. Words have lasting impact. And I believe that's why the author starts off talking about, let's be an example in speech. Let our words be loaded with grace, love, and mercy as we try to reach people for the love of Christ. Example in speech. And now we move to the next example, and that is an example in conduct. An example in conduct. Let me first say this, because I, I believe it's really important. Our meekness does not mean weakness. Let me say that again, because sometimes the world gets that twisted. Our meekness does not mean weakness. We cannot, we must not be a floor mat or a doormat for people to walk all over. Am I right about it this morning? 
I'm talking about perseverance and setting the example. And we're talking about conduct. So let me baseline what I mean by conduct. Conduct is how we, our mannerisms, our actions are when we are in a stressful situation or environment. In other words, it's how you act. I'm going to date myself, but Kodak says, I see your true colors shining through. Conduct is that when we're in a pressure situation, our true colors will shine through. The question is, what kind of color is shining through? We, we pray that it's the color of Christ that is coming through. Conduct is so important. For the Philippians 1 and 27 says this. Whatever happens, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel. Now, I read that scripture many, many years ago, and I'm still processing it. Because it says, whatever happens, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel. The challenge I have is that whatever happens. Because people will put you in circumstances and situations that will challenge your conduct. Am I right about it this morning? You can just be doing what you do and somebody going to say something to you that's going to cause your conduct to maybe rise up and you might want to say something. But let our conduct be worthy of the gospel. And I'll give you a couple scenarios where my life and my conduct was challenged. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you that all the time it was conduct worthy of the gospel when I responded. That just wouldn't be real. There were occasions and times that I felt that people did not see who I was. They did not see me as a man of color. They did not see I had the same skill sets that anybody else had. And I distinctly remember one day getting a call from an organization. And they say, Jeff, we love your resume. You are the best man or the best person for this job. And they said, we need you to come in now. So the next day, Brenda makes sure I got the best suit on. Got me old fake briefcase with nothing in it. <laughs> Just trying to look the part, you know, trying to look the part I want to be. And I get down to the building. And I call upstairs to the C-suite. And I say, hey, this is Jeff. I'm downstairs waiting for y'all to come get me so I can get this interview and get this job. And I see the person come down the elevator. I'm sorry, down the stairs. And I, did I say I was all dressed, looking, looking my best? Did I say that? I see the person come down. And I, see, I see her go to everyone that does not look like me. Are you Jeff Gaines? And they say, no, they got flip-flops on and all these other things. But I'm sitting there looking, looking my best. And I'm saying to myself, eventually this person is going to realize that maybe the guy over there with the three-piece suit on, with the briefcase on, like he's leader for business, is the person. This person goes all around the room, gets to the last person, and stops. It never occurred to that person that I was the individual there for the interview. Now, I could feel I was telling you about the time between my brain and my mouth. That time got really short on what I was supposed to say. Because I could tell you what I wanted to say. But I wanted to make sure that my conduct was worthy of the gospel. So I eventually flagged him down. Look, I think you're looking for me. They take me upstairs. They do the interview. They offer me a job. I politely turn it down. 
because I want my conduct to be worthy of the gospel. And I do remember some distinctly times that one day I'm just walking in the development that God has blessed us to be in. You know, you're just doing your thing. You, you pay the mortgage, you mow the grass, so is your house, and you go walk around it the way you want to. I'm walking down the street. Police pulls up beside me. He said, what are you doing here in this neighborhood? My blood pressure began to rise because I realized I was being profiled. And I could have responded in a way that was not conduct worthy of the gospel. And I explained to him, I said, see the house you just drove by? That's the house that the Lord has blessed me to be in. I belong here. Conduct worthy of the gospel. As we persevere in this life, there are going to be circumstances and situations that will challenge our conduct. Now, had not Christ been in my life, me and that officer would have had some, some choice words. If, if, if Christ had not been in my life when that person came down there and saw everybody except for this man standing there, I might have went in a different direction. But I wanted my life to be reflective of Christ. Conduct worthy of the gospel. And the last example I want to share with you is this. And I believe it's the toughest one because it says be an example in love. And love requires commitment and requires action. For the Bible says this, uh, keep, keep loving one another earnestly because love covers a multitude of sins. How can we be an example of love in a world that's so divided? That is the question that you and I need to answer. And I believe the answer is simply this. We need to have Christ as the perfect example of what love is. While, while, while Christ said words of love, Christ also backed it up with action in love. Am I right about it this morning? See, you see, Christ fed the hungry, and so should we. Christ lifted up the downtrodden, and so should we. Christ made children the priority of his love and care, and so should we. Those are examples of how we demonstrate love in this life. Christ spoke out against the injustices in society, and so should we. Look, Listen, this is what Proverbs 31, and 9, 8, and 9 says. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. These are examples of how we show love in a world that's so divided today, church, being example in love. And I prepare to close with this. Paul reminds us to persist in these things. Each and every day, we need to persist in these things. We need to persist in godly speech, persist in honorable conduct, persist in compassionate love towards one another. Love everyone every day on the job. Love those in the community. Love those you see on the metro. Love those you see at the airport or at the mall. Show love towards one another. Because when we demonstrate love towards one another, when we demonstrate great speech towards one another, when we have a conduct that is worthy of the gospel, others will see that conduct and come running saying, what must I do to be saved? 
And, and, and the text also says that we will not only save ourselves, but we'll also save hearers of the word. It's often been said that people would rather see a sermon than to hear one. And then the other piece is people don't read their Bibles, they read us. So what we say, what we do, and the love that we demonstrate is the Bible that people begin to understand. Remember I said I was going to knock on your door, hand you the sermon, get you to sign off on it. Because we all have to be about setting the example in this life for the generation that's coming behind us and for the generation that is now. God bless you this morning. Would you stand with me?